Oh, you have got to watch out for these people from Kansas. They will surprise you and just occasionally give Demetrius Johnson a little left-handed surprise, proving fighting is easier from outside the cage, because inside the cage that would have been very hard to accomplish, which means it's time for verbal tap. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza. Raf, you went to... You were grappling at 4 a.m.? You want to explain this? No. I mean, uh, here's the hard part. I want to talk about this is a great thing. Is that also like... I also don't... That's when you thrive, I think. Like I think two to six a.m. You're you might be one of the better <laughs> grapplers. People people might sleep on your late night game. Go on. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, before we go again, I want to talk about this great event, but I also don't want to let it slide that you get to go ahead and take pride in uh, Kansas native because that's when you try to connect yourself to somebody else's win that you really didn't do anything for or to help. Or are an example yeah. of it. So I guess I think it's more a resiliency and just how thick-headed they are. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. despite if it fails, that doesn't matter. They mm-hmm. can keep doing it. Well, I mean, it was certainly pretty effective over the weekend. But yes, let's talk about our good friend Marcus Kowal. As many of you know, MMA fighter, our good friend, Systems Training Center. Unfortunately, lost his son to a drug driving accident. They ended up doing a 24-hour rollathon in his honor because they have a charity named Liam's Life, and uh, they wanted to set a world record. I believe they did. I haven't watched the video because it's been a crazy weekend, but I was there. Um, I went there at 1 a.m. after a viewing party for EBI, which we will get to, so everybody stay calm. We'll be talking about EBI shortly. Damn right. Um, But holy Shit, 1 a.m., saw our good friend Mac Danzing, who, by the way, I want to send a big shout-out to because Mac saw me, came up to me, and was just like, yo, Raph, how have you been, man? I was like, Mac, I saw you here at 6 p.m. on the live stream. I thought we weren't going to run into each other. I thought, well, there goes my chance to see Mac again. And he was there all the way till 2.30 a.m., went to go home, went to work a little bit, and then came back at 3 p.m. again because Marcus is the shit. So, yeah, dude, I was there. People were rolling. Marcus himself was rolling 100 rolls. He achieved his goal, I think, at 4 p.m. before they shut it down. So it went from from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday. And he stayed for the whole 24 hours, and he could only leave the mats at five minutes a time per hour. And uh, as he said to me, Kev, you'll appreciate this. He says to me in in true Marcus voice, he goes, hey, mate, if you don't submit me now, you're never going to submit me ever. So come on over here and see what you can do. And I was like, "Okay." (laughs) And I don't know if you know this, but I was bringing my like B and C level game. Like, I'm not trying to murder anybody at these things. And yet, Kev, I will tell you this, honestly. There were some people who were trying to murder each other, like it was the finals of Moondi Isles. Good. So that's the jujitsu community to... I know. <laughs> oh <laughs> that, yeah, it's, it's twenty four hours, and you're wondering, you're like, let's uh, maybe pace ourselves, everybody. But nope. <laughs> um, I saw Marcus, and uh, I was transitioning, and I was like trying to like isolate his arm. And you know, normally when they teach you in jujitsu, it's like, oh, their arm will be a little light at this point. And so I was like, oh, okay, my, their arm should be a little light. And then all of a sudden I'm doing technique pretty well. And then Marcus just stiffens his arm and starts summoning the greatest old man strength I've ever seen. I'm like, dude, this guy's been rolling for at this point, I think like 10 hours. I'm like, he's a fucking beast. 
and he is adamant about not letting me finish him. So uh, even 10 hours in, it was still a good roll for Marcus. So um, we, we rolled a few times and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I told him, I was like, dude, I think this aged you like nine years, but kudos to you for staying up for 24 hours and getting 100 rolls in. And there was another man, I believe his name is Nathan or Nathanson or Nathaniel, whatever. I'm so sorry. Um, but he also did a uh, 100 rolls in the 24 hours as well. And uh, he was a brown belt. And uh, he's like, oh, do whatever you want, man. It's no big deal. I'll just I'll respond wherever I go. And he had so much strength that I was like, I did that kind of disengage game where I'm like, nope, nope, you're too strong. Even 70 rolls in too hard. Can't roll with you. So, um, yes, that was a a great thing. We have an interview with Marcus up on our Facebook page and also on our YouTube. If you guys want to hear more about that, please visit. And more importantly, look up Liam's life because it is a great tribute uh, to his son and the community was it was so great to see like I think at the gym at 4 a.m. Kev there was like 20 25 people there amazing and it was so nice to see so I got them all the way to 5 a.m. and then I had to get sleep for San Diego for five grappling but in answer to your question the answer is yes I was actually much better at (laughs) 3 and 4 a.m. as a grappler than I think I am normally awesome that's what I was hoping. <laughs> well, I'm glad you went, and uh, it looked unbelievable. It really did. The whole thing looked, uh, the whole thing looked pretty cool. So it was fantastic. And I think at one point I heard Marcus telling his guys, he was like, "Hey, we should do this, you know, like every year or so." And his guys were like, "I'm so tired, Marcus. Let us go home." <laughs> <laughs> so tired. And you, you've never seen anything like you've seen some MMA fighters looking at you, being like, "No." Oh, we just can't. And they weren't even doing 100 rolls. So, you know, fun times. That's funny. That's amazing. Well, uh, I'm glad you went. We're going to chat some EBI. Yes. Crazy. Uh, Start us off. I joined into, I I guess I joined at the fourth quarterfinal. So I joined right as we were headed into the semis. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us what happened in the beginning because we had friends fighting. Did we ever? Okay. So as we announced <laughs> on the show one way previously, it, by the way. Before, we had friends fighting. We we did, and uh, not just friends, but people who I personally felt uh, responsible for because our good friend Aaron Medina, who we had said on this podcast before, we were like, you know, he's going to compete. That's really awesome. Uh, and then, like a couple days before, they had announced that he was going to be fighting Barrett Yoshida, and I was like, yo, dog, I got nothing for you. Uh. I can't replicate his crucifix game. I'm a shitty blue belt. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for you. I can't replicate a legends game. So it became a lot of like telling Eric, like maybe don't fuck up. Uh, don't let him pull you into his guard and triangle you. Okay. Don't do that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, um, it became a lot of like, you know, try and drill him, try and get him ready, try and get all of these things, you know, and, and, and like telling him uh, on texts when he was in Mexico being like, hey, man, look out for this or this. And um, so I don't know. This changed the way I viewed ABI because, by the way, there was a great viewing party put together by our friends um, over at uh, Matt Therapy, uh, Becky and Donna, who are cool. But, you know, we, we may have some issues with that, I think, going forward. But I'll get into that way later. Put together <laughs> this evening it. a very good. I like the video. So people should follow yeah, us. Did, but... Follow our Facebook Live. You get to see these things. Mm. 
But see, Kevin, I mean, uh, so you're alluding to this video, and I was trying not to bring it up, but I mean, you, they were so good. They put together this great event, but there's something about the two of them. I, there's something wrong. I don't know what's wrong with them, but it might be in the head. I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that night was beautiful because up until Eric going, it didn't feel like a real EBI to me. It felt like, okay, that's cool. That guy's cool. Whatever. Oh, shit. Geo put somebody away in like 20 seconds. No big deal. Uh, oh, wait, it's Christian Womancy? Um, Yeah, he's really hard to fucking submit. So that's a truly impressive thing. And I was like, once I saw him put away Christian that fast, I was like, Geo's going to be on fire tonight. And uh, sure enough, he was. Anyway, uh, so finally, when Eric does go, it's a little nerve wracking. But I was like, you know, dude, I have confidence in him. And he, there's no way he can lose because you're rolling with a legend. A lot of people are already counting you out as a purple belt against a guy who's been a black belt longer that we were joking than Eric's been alive. And uh, it was fun to watch. And he had a great match with him. And he ended up taking Barrett to overtime. And in overtime, uh, Barrett sunk in a rear naked choke in 50 seconds. And Medina, when it got to his turn, did about three amazing transitions from the back. And then was working on a head and arm triangle on Barrett Yoshida before time expired. But it was a nasty looking one, man. It, I mean, it makes you wonder if they had more time. Who knows? But that night, Barrett was the better man. But I argue Eric not just held his own, but really proved why he was he was there. And, and as a training partner, I, I just I couldn't have been more proud of him. I, he did better than any of us could have done and more importantly it was watching your friend level up and get the opportunity to not just like go up against somebody who is truly a legend but to like test himself and to bring something new and different out of him that was a certain kind of resolve that was amazing so after that it then became like i don't care who the fuck wins cool Woo, this is great i mean barrett's awesome i know that i don't have to hate him anymore this is great. Let's just watch this thing. And then I'm sure as you saw, once we started getting there, you had compelling narratives all around. You had uh, Barrett looking from then on in the uh, the quarterfinals. Like, you know, he had a guy who wanted to rip off his leg and Barrett did what I called the Skeletor meme, which is like when friends say mean things about you, you're dead inside. <laughs> it's the same thing with his leg. And like they were trying to heel hook Barrett's leg, and he was just like, ha, 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 foolish guy. My leg's jello. You can't hurt me. <laughs> so you you had that. You had Geo go up against a student, I think, in the semis. You had yes, uh, you did, which there was some intimacy. I will say I'm giving Eric major props. Uh fighting your oh, okay. yes. pretty tough, right? Like Oh yeah. Doesn't matter. When you're fighting someone who's been a black belt for 50 years, it's like, great. Yeah. It sounds fun. And he was, like we had mentioned, I mean, we'll go on and on about Eric's performance later. In fact, I think we're doing a Facebook live chat later this week. Good. So uh, keep a lookout for that video. And um, yeah, so, I mean, that was great. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, man. You can't overlook that because, I mean, Barrett finished his next opponent and you know, Eric, that was his third time in. And I thought, even though he submitted a black belt in competition in EBI before at one of the previous EBIs, I would argue this is super, not just bigger, but even more symbolic of hopefully more things to come for him. So anyway, enough about Eric. He's whatever. 
he's my training partner and he's boring. ugly and he smells weird <laughs> yeah and he's just like oh god guys i'm so good this is my eric voice and okay good i'm excited john jock and i love uh nightwing it's great so let's get back to this so on that song that's on that one side then you have fucking eddie wolverine cummings who looks like the human embodiment of a horror film won't stop because brutally heel hooking people those attacks looked like everybody in the bar the view that we had at the lost night was just jumping out of their seats each time he was attacking the legs and uh was that the same experience you had I just you get so nervous like you can feel your own feet backing up into your chair. You're like, wait, why am I why am I sinking in? Um, I think I'm actually staring at the results. It, of course, he defeats first opponent outside heel hook, second opponent inside heel hook, third opponent inside heel hook. That's dangerous. The inside one hurts. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> the inside one hurts. No, Not that you know from personal experience, Kev. Right? I do. I knew it hurts. I've never been heel hooked by any Cummings, but uh, people that presumably are quite as efficient at it. And it led to the final we wanted to see, which was Geo. So can I, can I put some inside intel on this one? Absolutely. Okay. So a couple days before they were all in New Mexico, they were showing them. Uh, or Mexico City, sorry. <laughs> they were in Arizona in elevation. Um, they were in Mexico City. And uh, Geo actually was doing a FaceTime Live. So he was showing uh, on his Facebook, hey, guys, this is me. This is uh, them putting the set together, which, by the way, looked amazing. I loved the way yeah. that looked. It, especially, I think they were using a higher caliber camera because that looked like it was pristine 4K quality on the stream that I was getting. But, um, yeah, so Geo was going around showing the different competitors, like, you know, everybody's a little loose and chill because they're getting a look at the the lay of the land. And then he walks by Eddie Wolverine Cummings and he goes, hey, man, hopefully it's, you know, me and you in the finals and Eddie Wolverine Cummings. So Eddie just looks at him and goes, man, God willing. I mean, God, I hope so, man. That's all I really would really, really want is just it would be so cool. And then they stopped and then they made them do a mannequin challenge. And I was like, oh, no, I want to see this conversation happen so bad. <laughs> And that's what we got. It was what we've all wanted. It's supposed to have happened a couple times. And this was the time. I think it was fated to happen here. And Eddie, again, looked dangerous in those prior rounds and then looked even more dangerous here because it was Geo's flexibility that was able to keep that match not just tense, not just worrisome, but so exciting. I at least multiple times thought it was over. Uh, if you haven't watched the match, you need to. And Eddie Cummins dominated the match, I would say, in regulation. He was pushing the action. He was the aggressor. He put the submissions on. Um, and then Gio Martinez had an armbar answer for... I, I was initially skeptical, because obviously anytime you're trying to armbar someone from the Danaher death squad going it's pretty good technique they were able to do it and they had an they had what appeared to be the first time we've seen it in the back and forth range a real strategy for it ends up geo martinez gets the arm bar on eddie cummings after holding it for probably two minutes right mm -hmm. he held that thing uh, for a while 
He had he altered his foot inside. I don't have much detail other than that, but it was impressive. I'll give you a little bit of what I saw, which was, um, yes, I I don't think we can speak enough about uh, Geo's flexibility, which seemed to be like, when you say you thought it was over, I looked at his flexibility and said, I don't know. I mean, he's not like safe by any stretch of the imagination. But he's also doing everything right. And in ways that I think in my head, I would love for my legs to be able to move when I'm being attacked with my legs. But he it was the reality of, oh, yeah, if you move your leg this way, you create the angle. And he was kind of hugging it. And somebody on the Internet was like, and you're seeing this a little bit on Geo Haters, who said, you know, it looked like he was stalling to overtime. That sounds great. But that was no ordinary 50-50 game. That was a, oh my god, my, my life's in danger. I need to hug my knee for dear life. Uh, and I, Eddie was pursuing it the whole time. I felt like it was mostly a strategy choice because Geo likes to move. That's his default is to keep initiating movement. Kind of felt like he stopped a few times because, as you're explaining, he, he would have gotten heel hooked. Yeah. He, he and, moves, he gets heel hooked. That's not stalling. G- yeah, that's not stalling. That's, that's like, uh, well, shit. And I mean, uh, Gio was saying he worked a lot from those positions. He felt comfortable. But Gio, I think it would also be the first to admit he made some mistakes that Eddie was kind of trying to expose, but he couldn't do it quick enough. And Gio had a really good counter for a lot of that. So if you guys want to call that, call that whatever you want. I call that fucking exciting because it was tense. And I think Gary had a really good response to an internet uh, person who was asking, hey, did you look and like, did that seem like stalling to you? And Gary goes, I'm not even going to try and remotely make excuses. Gio won. That's it. Like, that's the discussion. And so I, he's like, and I hope Eddie takes the same route, and I'm pretty sure Eddie will. So uh, let's get past the regulation. Let's get to overtime. Now, what you're talking about was when Eddie uh, was uh, initially in danger was when I realized he had that look like, oh, shit, my arm is stuck. And it's uh, he had like that bicep slicer that he was kind of caught in that then got transitioned as Gio was able to maneuver and, and go with Eddie's movement of trying to escape it into the world's best arm bar. And I believe our good friend, Michael Fester uh, actually got a superb shot of it. It was, yeah, it's the kind of thing that I hope that if I'm geo, I would commission that as artwork and hang it over my like living room somewhere because that was spectacular. So that was, uh, it was fun to watch man, just to, to see that. Now, when you saw it, what was your full reaction when you looked at it and you go, is this happening? Like, could you believe what you had seen or was it just so surprised that was a Danaher death squad? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's I, sure. Absolutely. It's the Danaher death squad, but it was, I've, I haven't seen Eddie lose. I didn't know that I necessarily would or could see him lose in that format. And this is what I like about the Eddie Bravo rules. They put you in a shitty position in those last, that's you get put in the uh, spider web or you get put on the back. It was amazing. I loved it. I really enjoyed the fight, and I'm looking forward to the next time it happens. Plus, yeah. it's not like, I mean, Eddie Cummings was dominating that fight. So it's not like, oh, throw Danaher's over. <laughs> the whole <laughs> game is over. They've got to try and go back to the drawing board. It seems like Tenth Planet finally made a few adjustments that were helpful. I think Geo's defense was on point. 
during mm-hmm. regulation. And uh, I really liked that arm bar. And now I'm kind of also super excited because, you know, Danaher was there. He was watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie's not one to uh, let losses linger. He doesn't <laughs> particularly enjoy losing. Can't wait to see what this spurs. I think this also spurs the inevitable question, which is: I think we all want a rematch. (laughs) Damn right. And I'd watch. um, Somebody had asked me. Somebody had asked me. They're like, "Raf, who do you have going in?" And uh, I'm always hesitant to this, especially when we like both people or a number of people, or I have like say a training partner who's involved in it. And I'm like, "What am I going to say? Like Eric Medina for life? Yeah, he better win. Like it's like no, I just want to see good matches. We know a lot of these people, obviously." We have people we would love to see win, but um, when they said Gionetti, I'm like, I just I want a good match. Both of those guys are stellar, amazing jiu-jitsu practitioners. Who cares? Like, okay, whatever. Our place, our viewing party went nuts for Gio because there were a lot of 10th Planet people there. And I thought it was so great to see them so happy because Gio is easy to get around in terms of uh, supporting and and really enjoying his jiu-jitsu and his craft. But <clears throat> I, had, I had told people, I was like, you know, I actually kind of hope it goes like this. I hope it goes, Gio wins this, and we get a rematch from it. Because I just felt like that was the inevitable way it was going to go. We got one part of that, and I'm pretty sure both of them at maybe some venture, maybe not now, maybe in the future would be open to doing that. So who knows, man, who knows what the future holds, but I will watch any amount of times. Those two want to go and face off with each other. Nicely done. EBI. Um, Oh yeah. And we said one of the best ones I think we've ever seen. It was great. It was, it really was fantastic. It's become much must watch grappling. Um, I guess I'm ready to see what open palm strikes also means in that situation. Yikes. We had 2017. Should be interesting. Yep. Can't be not interesting. Uh, we've got a few other things to cover. You were at Five Grappling interviewing people doing your thing. Talk to us about Five Grappling. I watched some matches. I watched uh, Coombs versus uh, Sean Roberts. I watched uh, another Sean Roberts match, and I watched Najmi <laughs> and Coombs fight in the championship. Edwin Najmi, he's, uh, that guy's good. Yeah, he's. I, I think we're just seeing him warm up. Is where we're at right now. He was scary good when he was against Bill the Grill Cooper, but uh, you know his fight with uh, John Combs. I mean, he was. It was fun, and I gotta say this, you guys. We did a little bit of a show afterwards. Um, we're gonna promote it a little bit more on the, our Facebook and on our YouTube. But there is footage of me interviewing <laughs> John. Jennifer Flowers, who ended up beating Shayna Baszler in a great super fight as well with a superb armbar. And uh, later, Mafra and fucking John show back up in this uh, this whole thing when I'm interviewing Najmi. I mean, it's a wacky interview, but I think it's one of my favorite. And I think John is severely endeared to the show now because he gave us one hell of an interview. And I really I look forward to you guys seeing it because it's just so him. And uh, I've now put the pieces together because, Kevin, when we talked about it, I was like, oh, yeah, we were actually going to go train when you were out here, but it snowed. And I realized as Kevin told me that, I was like, you know, John and I were supposed to meet a couple weeks ahead of time, but this is probably the better way to have met him because holy shit was he great. 
His answers are funny. He's just, I don't know, he's super uh, entertaining. Um, and Edwin Najmi, uh, there's something cool going on with what he's doing. Getting the chance to kind of like break the surface of what's going on with him, that's cool and all. But like, dude, I, I really feel like maybe 2017, he's already had some spectacular years, but I, I think there's something even better coming up for him in 2017. I'm really looking forward to the interview with uh, John Coombs and, yeah, Najmi. He uh, just damn man on the gee because it's also a compliment to John Coombs. He was rolling through people. Yeah. Then he fought Najmi. Different different story. So uh, five grappling getting its swagger back brought you in. Great move. Bringing some verbal yep. tap fun. Some good uh, comedy antics with the fighters, which they enjoy, which in turn. Makes the whole event more fun, so I'm I'm glad they did. That. Absolutely. So we've got like about we we have extended interviews with uh, those folks we just mentioned, plus a whole bunch of the competitors who were in the prelim matchups, and uh, we'll be releasing those over the next few days over on the Facebook and on our YouTube. So please keep a look at Verbal Tapcast on Facebook and on YouTube. I watched the UFC main card ref. Saturday, December 3rd, Tournament of Champions, the Ultimate Fighter Finale. It was pretty awesome. I'm going to run you through some fights because it was also pretty weird. Okay. Uh, Moyle versus Curran. Kalen Curran fought Jamie Moyle. This is an amazing fight. At one point, Kalen accidentally headbutts Moyle while they're exchanging, and they were exchanging the entire fight. Goose Egg ends up to be the bloodiest fight because Goose Egg turns into Jamie Moyle. It turns out uh, likes the grind game, opens her eye up. That got pretty gross. Uh, Moyle won. She should have. Then we have a string of decisions. Rob Font won, which we like because it means we can put his name in caps. Ryan Hall did some weird things. He kept trying to get him on the ground. Gray Maynard wanted none of that. He was uh, doing, like, the uh, Doriando roll, like, trying to Baron Bolo. Could not get Gray Maynard in a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat him up from a distance, won by decision. Mm-hmm. And that takes us into the main card, where uh, Moreno won via decision. Great one. Sarah McMahon did the official finish of the podcast. Arm-triangled Alexis Davis. Fun fight. Uh, Cannoneer over... Kutalaba, which was the hard to say C name fight. Uh, fun fight. Big guys beating each other up. Pretty close one. The crowd booed like crazy, which they have got to stop doing at the end of a gladiator fight. Raph, this next one is where it gets a little <laughs> bizarre. Jorge Masvidal and Jake Ellenberger. At one point, Jake Ellenberger is getting hit a little bit but not like by any means knocked out and his foot gets stuck inside the space between the mat and the cage that's funny jorge masvidal jumps on it and like starts hitting him and you can very clearly see hellenberger trying to get his foot out of the cage Mm. herb dean stops the fight that's the end of the fight Jorge Wasvidal wins via KO, TKO. I thought I had heard 
uh, on like somebody's meme or somebody's uh, fake Wikipedia page that they'd put as a joke. They said uh, he won by cage toehold. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's basically it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I have no idea how the fight ended. I don't understand why it was stopped other than to get Jake Ellenberger's fucking foot out of the cage. And I don't know how you could possibly call that a TKO. But that's what happened. <laughs> Henry Cejudo hit mm-hmm. Joseph Benavidez square in the nuts twice in the first round, lost a point. Oh, no. Might have cost him the fight. Oh, no. They were beating the shit out of each other. It looked like a true, you know, that size fight. They couldn't knock each other out. Oh, God. Uh, But it was a great fight. They were just punching the shit out of each other. The whole fight. (laughs) Then Demetrius Johnson and Tim Elliott fought. You got to watch this fight. There was a lot of high-level grappling. Tim Elliott did some weird things, uh, did some exchanges, almost knocked Demetrius Johnson out. It was the first time we've ever seen Demetrius Johnson tested in the cage, and it was phenomenal. It was a really good fight. Mm. That was it. It was uh, it was an interesting. Brian Stan was doing the color commentary, and he always says some of the funniest shit. Just... As they approach, you're going to want to watch out. You don't want to get hit here. <laughs> it's like he said mm. that as the fight started. It was like that's that's why we pay you the big bucks, Brian. Come in with uh, that type of deep insight. You don't want to get hit here. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, when do you? When is that the strategy? <laughs> uh, a lot of small people beating each other up. Well, I mean, that that seemed like the way it was going to go. But um, gotta watch. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of. Uh, I'm excited to watch that. Uh, I'm excited to re- watch the Ryan Hall fight. Um, I mean, going up against Gray Maynard, uh, a huge stepping stone for his career. So uh, there's a lot that I'm just. I mean, I'm just intrigued to see how it played out. Yeah, it wasn't close, the Ryan Hall fight. It was pretty Mm -hmm. unsatisfying. Mm -hmm. It was just Gray wanted nothing to do with it. I get it. I wouldn't either. Are you ready to go to UFC 206 over Undertown? I always am. I'm always ready. Let's do this. All right, friends, it's UFC 106 time, which means it's time for another installment of Over Under Kevin. When that happens, I search high and low, and I mean high and very low, to find someone who I feel is a worthy opponent. Kev, do you have any idea who I've picked this time over? I would once again contend we don't know anyone worthy, so I presume Mm -hmm. you did what you always did throughout your Craigslist of subpar friends in the jiu-jitsu community, and we'll see what happens. I wish I had a better selection than Craigslist. It's actually what I book. It's it's closer to like what what do the the kids use? Is it the Tinder? Kick. And I look through. Oh, Tinder. There we and, go. And I just I swipe and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I swipe, nope, so many times. But uh, on this particular one, there's a guy who uh, Kev, you know this guy. He's been on our show a couple times. Already he's left us him. some voicemails. Can't be that impressive. Yeah, I know. If he's been on the show. He's not, though. Not that don't, impressive. don't ruin it, because the uh, more that we say he's unimpressive, the worse your win looks. So we need to say, like, he's kind of impressive, so that way it seems better if you beat him. Okay. Expectations. Okay. 
All right. Um, you may know this next gentleman uh, out in the civilian life as somebody who's a good human being doing a ton of charity work in the form of jiu-jitsu, which, by the way, in itself should also be considered charity because the sport is, you know, I mean, not the most. Not that wealthy. Excited. Not super wealthy in any way. Uh, our good friend, John Thomas from Tap Cancer Out. John, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for swiping right on me, Raph. I appreciate it. Glad we could connect. Uh, <laughs> God, you know, the joke didn't have that connotation until you did it. And then it really <laughs> hit home. And I was like, nope, super gross. Never want that in my head ever again. But yes, for this one particular day and time, I did swipe right. Kev, what do you think of our selection of John Thomas? I think he's leading off with a fantastic callback home run to the left. And I'm looking forward to tapping John out metaphorically in this UFC selection game. This isn't non-profit BJJ work. Well, I mean, it kind of is. But this is specifically, (laughs) this is the dirtbag zone he's entered. I'm going to win. It's fair enough. (laughs) This Uh, is certainly your domain. Thank you. For sure. Thank you. (laughs) But see, here's the thing. So John's like super nice and like he has these great pictures of I've people heard. who are like, oh my God, I love to have cancer out. It's the best thing ever. And like all these people are super happy and all that sort of stuff. And then we talk to him and he's like, it's Jekyll and Hyde with him. He's literally the meanest person in the world to us, but to everybody else, super nice. Only to the people I hate. That might be us too. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna mea culpa thirty percent of that. We might have inspired it. Just you know. Listen, the audience doesn't know that, Kevin. It's just shape the narrative you want. Fuck that guy. Like his tournaments, even all that. Of course, we want to tap cancer out. Like that's controversial. (laughs) It's like an easy statement. Just rode with it. I'm back on. I don't know, Kev. And and here's the thing: as a moderator, in a few minutes, I'm I'm gonna have to take some impartiality. But I want to get this one in because uh, I, I really don't make too many jokes about the contestants. And that in itself is a lie. But I wanted to get this out. I mean, John, if it's based on any part of his game, he doesn't really tap cancer out. He more like stalls in 50-50 cancer out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck yeah. 50-50. Otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, John, uh, let me ask you this. Is, is this your third time coming out here? This is, I believe... Yeah, your third year anniversary of coming out to San Diego for Tap Cancer Out, right? You love anniversaries, don't you? We love them. Yeah, I do. We celebrate them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Endlessly. Yes, it's our third time in San Diego. Uh, My yearly excuse for a San Diego vacation, of course. So uh, we'll be out there at the University of San Diego again um, on January 21st this year. And our beneficiary is the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, and we'll hopefully raise uh, tens of thousands of dollars for them. So when you say this, and again, every time you say that you you guys raise so much money each time, I almost don't believe you. Because I always wonder, do you get like a sponsor? Like, does Johnson & Johnson kick in 40000 Then you're like, yay, 85000 Because how are the athletes doing that? Yeah, I wish Johnson & Johnson would do that, but uh, but no, it's truly all because of our fundraisers, our competitors and fundraisers, those who, um, you know, sacrifice their time and effort to fundraise on our behalf and turn their tournament experience, um, you know, into something 
very special, something they can't get at any other tournament. So it's all because of them. You know, I I, I do my part. Certainly, I I set up my own fundraising page for our spring tournament and uh, and and you know try to uh, fundraise as much as I can. Certainly, it's never as much uh, as some of our top fundraisers do. Um, but yeah, they're incredible. It's you know upwards of ninety percent, probably more of all the donations um, that come into Tap Cancer Out are through our tournaments and the fundraisers um, that help us out so greatly. Damn. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're going over the nice stuff before we spar here. Raph, go. I'm no, I'm not gonna. No, no, I got it. I got a good one. Okay, uh, we're gonna get there, but let's get the formalities out of the way, Kev. Which is this? So, John. Now that we know that about you, what have you been up to this past year? So, like, what have you been raising? What have you been up to? Because, you know, we haven't talked with you in about a, what, a year or so. How long has it been? It's been a while. Sure. It's got to be it's a, been a while. year. Yeah. It's our yearly call to John Thomas. So what uh, have you been up to in this past year? Well, we hosted uh, four tournaments uh, this year. We're actually be adding a fifth next year in Buffalo, uh, so that'll be pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, we hosted four tournaments, uh, California, Connecticut, as we always do, Massachusetts, and we added our first Philadelphia tournament this past fall, which was insane, the second most uh, fundraisers we've, uh, ever, or competitors than we've ever had, and the third most raised uh, of any of the 12 tournaments, and it was our first time in Philadelphia, so... Um, it was really incredible. It was our first year partnering with the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network and, um, you know, learning more personally uh, about pancreatic cancer. You know, Tap Cancer Out, our mission um, was to create as much impact broadly in the cancer community as we could. So we didn't want to um, just choose one beneficiary and stay with them uh, for the long haul. We wanted to switch, so every two years we switched beneficiaries. We started with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, went to St. Baldrick's, uh, which was awesome. We uh, we funded four different research grants for researchers across the country, um, and we had our first year with the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. the numbers haven't uh, officially been tallied. We'll send them a check at the end of the year, but it looks like uh, we'll be sending uh, around $200,000 to them, which is pretty uh, insane, almost double what we've, uh, the most we've ever sent to any uh, one beneficiary. So it was a really, really incredible year. Every tournament um, set records for attendance and fundraising for those specific locations. Um, it was really uh, you know, a banner year. Um, as they say, so we're looking forward to 2017 and and adding that fifth location and, and seeing how many tournaments I can add to my uh, already insane schedule before my wife wants to leave me. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't worry, that'll be the uh, charity we take up, though, John. We'll be like, keep John Thomas married. That's our charity. Tap <laughs> uh, cancer out might be easier than that. <laughs> We'll we'll schedule that for March and see what we can do. Okay, sounds good. So I think that's a good idea, Raph. And you, so you guys are just picking up steam. It seems like because each time we talk to you, it's been sort of a banner, a banner time for Tap Cancer Out. It's got to at least make you optimistic, especially as you're heading into 2017 and 2016 has been fun for everyone. So that's got to be uh, a good feeling. 
as you guys keep this Absol- thing running. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're you're always looking forward to the next tournament to see, you know, how how much you can break the previous records, and so it's always fun and it's always special. I love, you know, showing the the competitors and the fundraisers um, the impact that they're having and and how much uh, their efforts and their commitment to our cause is growing year over year. So I always tell them, you know, how much more we've raised, you know, this year, how many more competitors we've had this year, how many more donors and fundraisers and all that um, fun stuff. Um, but uh, but it's great. So, yeah, 2017 should be awesome as well. Well, look at you. Such a good human being. It's a shame that we still have to trash you, and you know that. And it's important to do these things because we want to show that you're the average, normal, every guy. You know, you're no better than everybody just because you raise thousands of money for the places. Kev, a little bit better. Did you, did you, did you hear the part though when he said that tap cancer out is also his vehicle for a vacation to San Diego? Are you picking up some like Donald Trump esque sort I mean, of like you can obviously portraits tell. to sell? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. Uh... Mm-hmm. It's laced heavily throughout this entire thing. It's like, oh, let's head out. I mean, except for the – he threw us off the set when he went to Buffalo because yeah. no one would go there voluntarily. Yeah, I mean, so that, exactly. was a, that was a nice job spicing a classic rope-a-dope maneuver, I, I'm calling. Mm. They have a good jiu-jitsu community in Buffalo. Don't sleep on Buffalo. Psh. Shout out to Canada, lower Canada, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do they get this wow, in Canada? Was... I don't think they get this in Canada, right? <laughs> how... You'd be surprised how many people uh, we yeah. have listening to us uh, worldwide, my friend. We have don't... many of our friends from Canada don't who get tune in out. this. <laughs> I can find the map. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, this is good stuff. Um, John, uh, where can people go to go ahead and sign up if they want to sign up in San Diego? Because that is the next one. And I believe it is, hold on, hold on, January 21st? Nice. Yeah, there you go. Correct. January 21st. Uh, that, just go to tapcancerout.org. Uh, there's a big, huge link right at the, the top of the page that will send you the registration page and all the information there, all the links, everything you need. Uh, we're actually labeling the envelopes with the posters tonight. That's what my wife is doing as we speak. So those are shipping out to schools. If you don't happen to see one at your school in the coming weeks, just let me know. I'll send a, a bunch out to you. So, um, yeah. Looking forward to it. And he's making his wife do all the work. This charity is falling down before our eyes, Kev. I just want to say, why haven't we been asking? Forget the Clinton Foundation. Forget the Trump Foundation. I want to know more about this John Thomas and what he's all about, Kev. I've heard the Justice Department's going to look into them soon. Mm. They'll get mm-hmm. to it. They'll get to it. Yeah. If I could get my wife to do anything more than just the labels, that would be fantastic. But I'll settle with just the labels. We're only responsible for keeping you married. <laughs> we will not intervene about more than the labels. I'm so sorry. I don't know why you have any problems trying to stay married there, John. It seems <laughs> like a kidding. giant mystery. She's invaluable. Obviously, she must do a lot of work because it can't be coming from you. All right, Kev, enough of the pleasantries. Let's get to the part where we get really, really mean to one another. Let's get straight to the game of Over Under Kevin. And now it's time for another thrilling installment of Over Under Kevin. Kevin, 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 Kevin,
Hey everybody, welcome to the game that we like to call Over Under Kevin. For those of you who have listened to this many times before, don't skip over this part. The rules may change, or they may not. You never know. you got to listen to find out. Here are the rules. They're very simple. We go throughout the entire UFC 206 card. We pick each fight out of order, and we then decide who's going to win. We give Kevin and John 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win, and then if I so deem it, I give them rebuttal time. The best out of however many fights wins. It's as simple as that. And if we need to go to tiebreakers, we then go to performances of the night and fight of the night selections as the tiebreakers. Gentlemen, do you both understand the rules? Kevin, do you understand the rules still? You ask me this every time, and I don't know if it's just because you like embarrassing me, but no, quite frankly, I don't think I do. That's not going to stop me from winning. American. John, do you understand the rules? Well, I wasn't paying attention, but do you want me to send any donations your way so you can invest in some production budget so no one has to sit through that intro anymore? How dare you? I worked for 30 minutes making that goddamn song myself, you (laughs) asshole. All right, this is the part where I like to go ahead and say, uh, it's pretty awful. It's my voice, you asshole. My voice is magical. Okay, fair enough. All right, thank you. Uh, This is the part when I want to go ahead and let people know, and I I don't know if this is uh, important for Kevin to know, but I think it's valuable information, perhaps. Um, Kev, John is a Patriots fan. If that praise be, that makes sense. That's why he was uh, cheating and doing his homework before this. Mm -hmm. I'm a winner. Yep, I'm a winner. He currently cheating, is cheating, 40 cheating. pounds overweight and has a cut-off sweatshirt. Let's do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, uh, before we start, do you have anything that you'd like to say to each other? Uh, John, do you have anything that you'd like to say to Kevin before the gloves come off? Absolutely not. Oh, hey, <laughs> true. True Belichick mode there. Uh, Kev, yourself? Uh, I just want to warn him that it's cold outside. So when he tries to do any more manipulating of the physical equipment within this, it's going to show up even more so. So <laughs> he should know that before we start. It's below freezing here in Denver. That's a good one. Got him. All right, let's go straight to the game. Our first fight is a women's strawweight fight between Valerie Lemonetou versus Vivian Pioria. Kevin, you got 15 on the clock. Go. Yeah. I stick with the Canadian, Le Tourneau, uh, mostly because I'm going to pick against a lot of Canadians tonight, and the law averages say a few are going to win. So I'm going to go with uh, number nine here in the in the ladies' 115 division. <laughs> okay, good to know. Uh, let's go over to John on this one. Who do you got? Well, Vivienne is uh, sporting an undefeated record, but this will be her UFC debut, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Valerie is American top team. I'm American top team. Uh, oh, Canada, I will take Valerie as well. Kev, this is very important information. We didn't know that he was American top team before this game had started. Does that change anything for you right now? I would have guessed American bottom team. Had I <laughs> been throwing out, <laughs> uh, John, I'll give you 15 seconds just to reboot that. What do you have for us, sir? Do you prefer it to be in the cold or in the warm when I manipulate your balls? 
Hold on. Wait, time, time. Hold on. Wait. Okay, you go ahead and explain yourself then, Kevin, because I feel that that needs some clarification. I'm not quite exactly sure what he meant by any of that. Warm. I think. Uh, I don't think anyone feels comfortable with their balls exposed to the cold. If I understand torture the way I think I do. Torture is watching uh, Peyton Manning play one more goddamn game where he goes uh, one for 13 for seven yards. He And everybody has to praise him. He was playing without a neck. You know how hard that is? It's very difficult. Or balls, for that matter. Okay, next bout. That's not how this works. I tell me when next bout happens. <laughs> you don't me tell me jack. Show. You don't run jack. I'll tell you this right now. You need to work on your pleasantries. Be nice to the moderator, or the moderator gives you surprisingly less time each time we go. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to have you go on this one, John. I've got 15 seconds on the clock for our next fight. It is a bantamweight fight. Mitch Gangon versus Matthew Lopez. Go. This one's interesting. I've never heard of Matthew Lopez. I can't see him winning. He's actually had one fight in the UFC that he lost. It's tough uh, to win on the road in Canada after losing your UFC debut, uh, Ganon, 8-1. Uh, I will take Ganon, or Ganon, however you'd like to say. All right, Kevin, I got 15 for you. Go. Uh, I am going to just take a pure Lopez stance here in the hopes that Matthew succeeds and the UFC says, you know, that's enough Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's let's take a moment to explain what the fuck that means. Kev, uh, what does that mean? Earlier this week, reports surfaced <laughs> that they Fox was considering using Mario Lopez as a as a sideline guy for the cage side position. I'm for it. You're say, hold on. Oh, we're coming back to you in a second. Swapping so you better Joe Rogan. They're swapping oh, out. No, They're gonna not for that. From... No, not for that. No, no. <laughs> That's what you're for. Oh, no, no, no. You said you were for it. You said that you were for it. <laughs> you we said all heard for it. You're day. So you're into, you know, A.C. Slater taking the ones and twos next to Goldberg and uh, having that happen, right? No, that's insane. I'm all for as much Mario Lopez as I can get, um, but not at the expense of Joe Hogan. So, uh, but no, but I think we can find a space. Don't they still, like, they need to have the walkouts again, and, like, Mario Lopez can, like, walk out and dance and, and everything with, with everybody who's walking. Like, not the usual walkout. Like, we need the, the ramp and everything with the explosions. I'm 100%. I think we should add Mario Lopez to that part. I agree. Yes, Mario Lopez should escort all the fighters. 100% agreement. Okay. John, I, I just, I don't want to live inside your head, but I want to understand it more, because... It's fascinating what you're putting out there. Your version of the UFC is like, nah, it's not quite complete unless Mario Lopez gets to escort each fighter down the ramp. He was a wrestler. We have to support our wrestlers. <laughs> was he a Amazing. real wrestler or are we still talking about Slater? It doesn't matter. AC Slater. No, was. we're talking about <laughs> Slater. Okay, perfect. Yeah, stay champ. I don't know, though. He was never Division One, so I, I think it's a little bit uh, hazy to say that. Let's go to our next fight. Uh, Kev, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is Zach Funsize Makowski versus Dustin Ortiz. Go. Yeah. First of all, Funsize is the best possible nickname for these two fighters. And I'm picking him 
purely based on that. Zach Funsize Makovsky gets my uh, clear choice, choosing him. Okay, uh, let's go on over to John. What do you got for us? I'd hand out Snickers if I was him, the little one. Hey, 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 okay. hey, you're using, you're using his time. <clears throat> you're losing three seconds on your next pick, Kevin. <laughs> Is it my time or what? Is Kevin going to talk well, over I said again? it's your time. Jesus Christ, you're going to lose three seconds, too. You get 12 seconds now. Go. All right, let's go. Zach has lost three of his last four, but two of them were to Dotson and Benavides. They're not tomato cans. Dustin, don't call me. Tito Ortiz has dropped two of his last three. But Zach shares my birthday. So, unfortunately, I have to agree with Kevin, and I'm going with fun size. June 30th. Hail to the June 30th. Dustin Mike Tyson. That's a great choice. Your birthday twin (laughs) is a phenomenal reason to pick fights. That's all we needed. Wait, Wait, does that make you a cancer? It does. Uh, There's irony somewhere com- in there. Just a yeah, little, I know. A little this bit. Is, this is all there. Yeah, no, I know because I'm June 28th, so I know it starts good and then the month ends bad. So I mean, like, mm, I get mm. it. All right. Mm, don't give me your mm. uh, Kev. What do you have to say in response to this? Because you guys are both in agreement on this, so there's nothing to lose. Tell us a little bit about your pick, and are you a little angry that? By the sound of it, like John did some research. I'm super nervous about that. Not enjoying his research, though. I'm gonna start calling him for facts here soon. Sounds like he's got enough for both of us. Second, I'm a sad. As long as you appreciate, can you, as long as you appreciate the fact that I know this is not my turn. Uh, whatever, take seconds off. Um, <laughs> three fights. Three fights we picked so far. Um, I've done lots of research on all of them, and all of the reasons I've picked them has nothing to do with my research. So. Hey, <laughs> in the spirit of this game, <laughs> so, good. Yeah, that's a great parable for how we select birthday American top country. team, and I've never heard of Matthew Lopez. Those there are my two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ed was way too pro Mario, swapping out the Joe Rose. Mm-hmm. If I could just be so bold, uh, I'm. I think I'm winning, Raph. I think I'm up a clear three to two. Okay. Okay. All right. I feel this is an interesting debate that's going on. Let's go to our next fight. Uh, John, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is a welterweight fight between Jordan Mine and Emil Weber Meek. Have you seen Emil Weber Meek? Have any of you seen him? Ball a picture Holland. of him? He looks like an animal. Um, that's very scary. <laughs> I'm scared of big guys like that. Uh, but Jordan has 39 friggin' fights uh, under his belt. Emil only 10. Um, uh, oh, Emil uh, beat KO'd uh, Paul Harris, so we all mm-hmm. thank him for that. Um, but I'll take Jordan the experience. Thank you. Join mine. <laughs> yeah, what do you got for us? First, I believe both of you mean Jordan mean. <laughs> it's mine. Cool. I'm standing by mine. Standing by mine. And I'm going to take Valhalla because I'm feeling Ooh. violent. And I like the way he's looked. And just because you fought a lot doesn't mean you're fresh, which is what I'm worried about mean. Not like his 27. 27. Matt time. <laughs> Kevin, are you afraid of the Germanness that was exuded in all of that? Is that where the, the whole, like, we're saying it wrong is coming from? I, I was just trying to correct. He's got a cool MMA nickname. So I thought, you know, we should stick. Like, we should show it. 
I'm just saying he's just trying to see him as tough as he can. So, I mean, I don't know. I have to sign up with uh, myself on this one. And uh, I'm supported and by, by John. That's what it is. Okay. That's like what it. I'm doing. I'm just supporting right. myself. I want to let people know. I, I believe in me. <laughs> Kevin, let's go to our next fight. It's a middleweight fight between Tim Kennedy. You shut up. Stop laughing. And Kelvin Gastelum, question mark? I was going to say, haven't I picked this fight like four times? This fight, it feels like I've done this before. And I, I guess I'm going to choose the guy that's made weight. I- I'm going to choose Tim Kennedy with a hope and a prayer that I'm correct. Kelvin Gastelum missed weight, didn't he? That's how they didn't fight. Yes, that was what happened the last time. Uh, but it, it wasn't for the two of them. Kelvin missed it. I thought he was fighting Donald Cerrone. And, and uh, he came down with a case of fat. Thanksgiving, as you call it. He, came down, he got <laughs> Thanksgiving injured. It happens to the best of us. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to let it ride with number eight, Kelvin Gastelum. I like him as a fighter, and I'm going to hope um, he makes I, weight like a professional. I Okay. Listen. Okay. Um, you know Tim John... Kennedy and I do not see eye to eye right now. I'm sorry. I still, we simply, politically, <laughs> I cannot choose him. I just can't. I don't want to. I don't want to go there. I will ask you this though, John: Are you going to go for Kelvin as well, or do you enjoy America? So, I mean, I guess that's the debate that's happening here. Fifteen o'clock. Well, not. I know I've been pro Germany and I've been pro Canada so far, um, but uh, now that I have two kids, I, I have a newborn. Well, she's she's. 10 or 11 weeks old or something like that. I, I lose count. Um, but right, it has make caused a pick. Me to get, we know you're a dad. We know you're a dad. Me to get, it has caused me to get major dad bod. So I'm going with the guy who can't make weight because I can never make weight right now. I'm going with Kelvin. He also seems to find a way to win fights that he shouldn't win. Not that he shouldn't win this, but dad bod, Kelvin. Hold on, Kev. He said he shouldn't win this. I, I understand you made the same pick as him, but like... Really? No, I no, I I, I said not, in general. Yeah, I was forget. No, 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 okay. no God, not your geez. question. You yeah. wait. I I agree, Raf. It's usually a surprise when the higher ranked guy wins. That's shocking. Just like uh, <laughs> you know, when Alabama's always in the national BCS title game, that's always a surprise. Let's no, just... no, I get it. I get it, Kevin. I'm just saying. When this fight came out, I said in firm language. That when they put middleweight, it should have been put in quotation marks. I do agree. And uh, it'll be... we're just not sure. Like he's middleweight. So like that's that's all I'm saying here, people. I can't believe you guys are in agreement on two fights here. This is getting dangerous because we've only had one, two, three, four, five fights, and you've agreed on two. I think so. You're letting sucks. it ride. I thought we agreed on more than that. We've agreed on three. I know you I don't know where it can. Yeah. Uh oh. Shit. Well, that was going to help one of you and not the other one. So, yeah, you've got it on three. You guys need to get your shit together. I know. Sorry about that. I got some good ones coming up, though. No way. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to go ahead and sell you out for a little bit. Kev, I know we joked about him doing some research, but he actually has written notes for this. Nobody in the history, at least that we're aware of, yeah. of Over Under Kevin yeah, has ever come accompanied with notes. He doesn't I know about correct. a few of my rules. That I mm, use, which are pretty foolproof. He doesn't know about the abs one. Doesn't know about the rap mm-hmm. rule. So we're good. We got time. Mm. That's cool. That's fine. Plenty of old school 
Sagittarius logic to take us to the <laughs> Sagittarius. Wow. Uh, let's just go ahead and let it all right on uh, astrological signs, I guess. John, you're going to do this one, and it is a lightweight bout between Oliver Aboudin Masivaku and uh, Drew Dober. Uh, is that exactly how you say his name? Absolutely. Uh, well, Oliver, you know, we're talking about good nicknames. I think it's Olivier, by the way. Olivier, the Quebec kid. Aben uh, Messier, as they like to say. Eight and two. Uh, all but one victory coming from submission. Uh, Dober has nine submissions, though, more than Olivier. 17 and seven. Only missed off twice. Only submitted once. But Olivier owns Quebec. Give me the kid. Quebec kid for the win. Kev. Kev. again. Kev. I, we got it. You remember the part when you hear the buzzer go off? That means you have <laughs> run out of time. That means shut up or make a pick very quickly. Not oh, here's another interesting fact, and also one more thing, and also I'm a traitor to my own country. I mean, I'm just I saying. I haven't heard any buzz. It, you know, by the way, you seconds. couldn't invest in like a a bell or anything. No, because kind of you don't you deserve for? it. Listen, John, you aren't worth it. You're barely a good guest, like barely. And if you're not worth it, imagine how not worth it I am if we're just for real rounding third here. And you're a brown belt. I'm not going to buy a fucking buzzer for a purple belt in Kevin. No. Ugh. Gross. I can't I'd even ig- believe I'm talking to a purple belt. I'd ignore it because I know better. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, why don't you pick between the two? True. And uh, school our friend because it sounds like he don't know. The Quebec kid, you hilarious, cute brown belt, you. Uh, probably <laughs> one of those grip players. Uh, immediately pulls guard because, you know, he's a little lazy. I'm taking Dober hard in the fast right direction because, Rap, when we trained with him about three mm-hmm. weeks ago at the Muscle Farm headquarters, I'd say his submission defense was pretty on point. The guy's ready for it. Uh, and if that's what the Quebec kid, the Quebec kid was like the most polite nickname in the world, I'd take Dober. 10 out of 10 times. 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Okay. That, the, that's a firm language that you are using there. Um, John, so let me ask you this. When you're acting as a traitor to our country, how exactly is it that you feel and how do you go to sleep at night? Well, I mean, I'm inevitably be, uh, inevitably going to live in Canada, right? Because how long can I stay in Trump's America? So I'm just trying to, to warm up to my, my neighbors, my future real neighbors. Yeah, you run a nonprofit. Not long. <laughs> He's getting charity doers. They're out. Okay, and, and Kev, I, I have a different question for you, which is, I know that you said that Drew has great submission. Uh, well, you said defense, right? Yeah. When he was rolling with you, wouldn't that imply that you have good uh, submission offense? Shut up. Uh, Follow up question. Do analysis. <laughs> no, I'm doing analysis because uh, I, I just need to point man. out the inherent flaw of your design, which is: yeah. um, Can you really defend somebody who has what is it zero percent submission offense? I, I don't know the exact percentage. I might I be off. watched him fight someone who does have some offense. Obviously, I'm not referring to you. There was a third person there. Uh, that I got to watch offensively attack Drew Dober. So that's who I was referring to. Ah, uh, yes. Only submitted uh, I, I once will... in 24 minutes. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Drew's very hard to submit. I would know that because I was doing more offensively to him. But uh, listen, guys, that's, I'm not trying to bring facts into this. <laughs> so let's go. And I love how this has become. Facts. Yeah, I love how this has become. <laughs> I love this has become an argument of, as you notice, neither of us are saying we beat Drew Dover. We're just saying <laughs> or like, even one of us close to threatening him. Yeah. <laughs> And we can't agree on it is the important thing to know. The degrees to which we disagree are are quite high. Let's go to our next fight, which is a lightweight fight between Jason Sago and Rustam Kabilavi. Kev. Yeah. Uh, Jason Sago looks a little too much like SR, one of my students at George Mason University. And I don't think he would have been a good fighter. So I'm going to take Russ Dom and his 12-pack. Okay. Score one for All right, John. John. Well, Kevin's now being the trader. Uh, John, what about you? Are you going to find your way back into America with this pick? Um, well, I can't because uh, is it one Russian, one Canadian? Trick question. Ha! <laughs> Good job, Canuck. Uh, one of them's attached to America, if that counts. I don't. Well, in any event... Kabilov, uh, a very impressive 16-pack. Um, the Tiger, um, by the way. But he hasn't finished a fight since 2013. Give me Sago by submission on his home field. Oh, Canada. Oh, wow. Uh, I need to stop here, Kev, just to ask uh, John a question, which is really important to me. Um, John, have you had experience calling in on AM talk radio stations for sports before? Because you sound like every person on sports radio. Never in my life. Oh, oh, I don't. I, I feel this is a lie because Kev, uh, follow me on this logic here. Well, he could. He's loud. He says things for the Patriots which have absolute no logic or reason. Oh, Pats. And then at the very end, he tries to get in those digs. And it's just like it, he knows that he's going to get dropped on the call. Like Don Imus is going to hang up on him or, you know, money, like all these people, they're, they're going to hang up on him. I, I feel like, be like the before. 2009 Celtics season all over again. And Garnett's going to get injured. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we would have we won <laughs> if he didn't get injured. Oh, God, <laughs> this is great. Um, okay. All right, John, we're going to go to our next fight. It's a light heavyweight fight. Uh, Nikita Krolov versus Misha Krukanov. Go. Ukraine versus Latvia. Nikita the miner. The, he, has a, he has a blue-collar job as his nickname, 21-4. and four. Uh, But Misha's 12-2, and two, hasn't lost since 2013. Or 2012. Um, but... Uh, with only three UFC fights, Misha does not have the pedigree advantage. Ukraine, give me the minor. <laughs> I love the twists and turns you took on this one. All over the you place. Literally, were like, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out myself. I have no idea who these people are, but we're going to come <laughs> to a decision at the end. Kevin, what do you have for us? 15 seconds on the clock, go. You know what's crazy, too? Uh, the minor, Kralov is 24. And he's fought 25 times, which is an absurd mm-hmm. amount of times to me. I really like Krylov. He's going to be the bloodiest fighter we see. I'm sticking with Krylov. I'm staying in the Ukraine, too. 
So the, both of you are agreeing on this one, too? Well, I also don't think Latvia is a real country, Raph. I'm going to call to question the UFC's fact-checking here. I think they okay. went with something. I believe Latvia is the capital of another. I'll, I'll look into it. That's fair. Yeah, don't uh, fact-check that. <laughs> we don't live in a fact-check nation, yeah. so I think, I I think we're like okay here. Correct. Nobody at uh, Kevin uh, if, he, if he's wrong. Don't get into Twitter mentions. Are you even on Twitter? No. Do you know what Twitter is? No. Okay. I know. Strong language there, John. I I like that he's getting a little bit angrier as we go on. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to say this because we're we're getting down towards the end. So this is about the time when I like to tell people we do usually ascribe a bet of some sort. So you don't need to think of it right this second, though, John, but we do defer to our guests to come up with the bets. Now, Kev, what are some examples of those bets that you have both won and lost? Yeah, I have to do a 100 push-ups while explaining why Texas is better than Colorado. That one hurts. Uh, I'm much more nervous about the second part than I am the 100 push-ups. I also had to do 100 burpees. That was painful. Uh, I get to write Josh Palmer a pledge of allegiance that he has to say um, in uh, ode to the podcast. I'm pretty excited about that. I started jotting down some remarks that I'm excited about a British accent for. Uh, there's been some other social media challenges, little things. Like he's had to give up uh, his main photo on social media. He's had to tweet out nice things for other guests who have beaten him. And and mind you, I'm I'm gonna let you know this right now, John. Secret. This segment is named after Kevin, but he rarely wins. Thus proving that usually more people can beat Kevin who know very little about the UFC. So, secret. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh, John, you don't have to say if you have an idea of what exactly it is right now, but could you think of something by the time we finish here? Uh, doubtful, but yeah, absolutely. I'll try. Doubtful. God. <laughs> Raph, me, think, yes. use words. Oh, I already four. have one. I already have one. Two I already have brand one. Brand new. Oh, shit, Kev. He's got one. That's uh, That's a little dangerous on his side, I have to say. <laughs> All right, Kev, you're going to do this next one. It is a welterweight fight between Donald Cerrone and the immortal Matt Brown. Go. Uh, I am once again going to take what I know. I I actually think Matt Brown's an interesting matchup for Donald Cerrone. He's not going to be able to knock him out as easily. I think he's going to run into somebody with some grappling and some grit. He tends to struggle with those fighters. I'm taking Matt Brown in the upset. Okay. We're going to go over to John on this one. Uh, uh, let me guess. You met Matt Brown in person, you gushed, and now you feel obligated to pick him. Cerrone has only one loss in forever. Uh, recently beat Rick Story and Patrick Cote like it's 2009 all over again. Um, Matt Brown's super tough, but the only other guy I would say is as tough as Matt Brown uh, is Donald Cerrone. Uh, Matt Brown, my favorite uh, tough season, by the way, he was on, where he almost killed someone for messing with his dip, but I like Cerrone in this one. He's the better fighter. Come on. Stop being a homer. Wait, stop being a homer? I think I'm being charged with the Denver. 
Mm-hmm. You know what? Oh no, I no no no. Just uh, just that you know Matt Brown. We did train with him. Yes. So I heard. Well, I heard <laughs> you were Matt Brown adjacent. <laughs> Interesting, John. I like that, John. So, John, did you know that? Did you pick that up from our conversation? What's going on here? Have you been spying on Kevin? I might actually like follow you guys uh, and listen to your podcast or stupid things like that. Oh no, that's what's going on here, Kev. He's way more artillery than we thought he would be here. I thought he sounded confident. I thought he sounded confident. (laughs) Oh, you know what it is? Now I put it all the pieces together. He listened to the episode that he was on. (laughs) Interesting, John Thomas. Very vain, but expected of someone who has a questionable charity that we'll later find out in years. Put up mounds of walls of photos of himself kev do you have any response to that i assume he has spy cameras set up to uh get our signals from the sideline as well as our practice footage um that's just i know who his influences are yep absolutely let's go to our next fight kev and i'm gonna go ahead have john the cheater um go ahead and say who this is it is uh, a featherweight fight between cub swanson versus do ho choi (laughs) yeah it is kevin Kevin. Sorry, sorry. Kevin. I'm back. Adult. Adult. There we go. All right. What do you got for us, John? So I'm not the biggest UFC guy, but just like I had never heard of Kevin coming into this podcast, I had never heard of Du Ho Choi, although that's a great name. Uh, Cub Swanson is an OG. Two wins in 2016 already. He'll make it three um, over the name that makes Kevin giggle every time he hears it. Don't ask why. Kevin, what do you have for us? Yeah, I'm actually interested to see how this fight goes because uh, Duhoy... <laughs> I can't. I can't. Fucking 12-year-old. <laughs> oh, I gotta go with Cub. I'm gonna stick with Cub Swanson. Yep. <laughs> Again, both of you agreeing on stuff. Um, is it wrong? Like, do you... Okay, so John, I know you've been taking shots at Kevin's intelligence. Life does as well, but do you feel... A little awkward in that you've insulted his intelligence, and yet you're making many of the same choices he is. I think I've insulted a lot more than his intelligence. I'll leave it at Such that. Such as? I was just trying to figure what, out what, what, else, what else have was. you... I was, yeah, I was about to say. Masculinity's his jiu-jitsu, his jiu-jitsu skills. He did take a pretty down-the-nose that's shot. That's inherent, though. So that's, that's not like skills. you're making up anything. That's like a... That, fact still hurt Ralph. yeah um i i still i i still got some good insults to come too of things okay. that we haven't spoken of i've written down several more insults <laughs> that we'll get to a little later in the show good. kevin now i know that you are looking at his picks and you know the way that you pick and you know your record are you questioning him because he's so in agreement with you which we've proven is bad I just need to keep it close and have chosen a Russian. I did all of those things. <laughs> chosen a Russian. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's go to our next fight. Uh, Kevin, you're going to lead us off on this one. It's uh, a lightweight fight between John Modeski and company and uh, Lando Vanna. <laughs> it's got to be Vanada. Uh, Lando Groovy is his nickname, which... I've been pretty anti-Canada. I'm going to take the bull McDessie because I think this is a nod at his loyalty. 
Uh, I'm choosing the bull. But I wouldn't mind hearing Groovy announced on the loudspeaker, just from a personal position. Okay. All right, let's go on over to John. What do you got for us? Jersey's own Lando Groovy Venata uh, versus Canada. So this is a tough one. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Jersey fan, but I'm a Northeast guy. But you know my uh, where my heart now lies in Canada. But Lando's 8-1 and one is only lost to Tony Ferguson, a good dude. Um, I can't escape a good nickname. I need Groovy in my life. I need them to announce that Groovy won. Give me Lando. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, so you're picking that one based just on nickname, right? That's really yeah. what's doing it for you? Yes, sorry, Canada. Oh, wow. Kev, what did we learn about his hate for Jersey there? Is he a little jealous of it? Because he seems like the person who's trashy enough to feel like, oh, man, ooh, I just want to be that trashy. (laughs) He kind of sounds like a little, he's like, I'm a Northeast guy. It's like, Jersey Northeast? And you know immediately everyone from Jersey's like, go fuck yourself, Northeast, Massachusetts, (laughs) fucking Patriots. Uh, I speak on behalf of Jersey. So, Kev, isn't it such a great thing? Just you as, want to be uh, mid-Atlantic? Uh, to what do you What do you want to be? <laughs> Nobody wants to be mid-Atlantic. <laughs> they I'm had just saying this devils. right now, John. John, if you're just sitting on the sidelines and you're watching Jersey and Boston take shots at each other, you're sitting with a giant smile on your face because you're watching one of them annihilate the other, and you go, "All right." I mean, that's just natural selection happening right there. <laughs> this is great I, I enjoy making fun of Boston this is so great um, John we're at the final fight which means I give people 30 seconds now I don't know if you wrote enough information uh, to speak for 30 seconds but I think for some weird reason you might be able to because you haven't fit in any analysis into 15 seconds this whole time so let's see what you do when I give you 30 seconds to talk about who you think is going to win in the featherweight championship match between Max Holloway versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. You have 30 seconds on the clock. Go. This is the shortest one I have. So thank you for giving me 30 seconds so I can draw it out. Pettis is one and three in his last four. Holloway hasn't lost since 2013. That's before you lost your virginity, Kev. Give me Holloway for the win. Listen, hold on. Time out. You can make fun of a lot of things about Kevin. <laughs> don't you ever make fun of when he lost his virginity. He's been a slut since day one, and we've all known that. And there's no slut shaming on this show, except for when I do it, because it's positive. This slut over here, how dare you, sir? 2014 was a big year for I, Kev. I don't know why we have to assuage the... I feels, it makes me feel like a young man again, Raph. I enjoy it. We're, all right. Well, I'm going to choose the antithesis of that. I right. like Anthony Pettis at 145. I don't think Max Holloway can stand up to that power. He does one of those let's blow in the middle of the ring things. It's going to be the showtime that shows up. Plus... I'm making an homage back to the softcore porn days when Showtime is what we had at the premium channels, which gives you a little guided influence into my premature sexual history. Anthony Pettis, Showtime. You know what? It was Cinemax. I don't even know what I'm talking about now. I'm. I think I'm attributing the wrong. Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm so happy Cinemax that. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that you had no idea where the fuck you were looking at the content you were looking at. You're just like, I don't know, just wherever there's tits, just I, let me know. I just had premium channels early. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, Kev, at least you were that because you weren't like the rest of us who had to change the channel back and forth and work through squiggly lines like the rest of goddamn America. We're talking to you, Rust Belt. We're talking to you, Middle America. We're talking to you, low-class folks, because guess what? That was was tough. Let you know. All right. (laughs) Sorry. I can't believe that's what this uh, disintegrated to. It's not unexpected, but I guess that's how we were going to close out this conversation between uh, Max Holloway versus Anthony Pettis. I hope it's going to be a great fight. I'd love to see a return from Showtime because I thought when he got the title, there was so much potential for him, and it was a short-lived title reign, but he is something special in that division. He's just been outclassed a couple times, so hopefully this is uh, a sign of better things to come. So. Uh, we'll see how that fight goes. It'll be interesting. It's apparently an interim title to Jose Aldo, oh, yeah. who has a title. That's awesome, right? Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, we needed a title fight to make this a thing, remember? They were like, guys, we needed a title fight to make this thing. The funny part is is that uh, Conor McGregor's coach, I guess, alluded to the fact that Kevin's theory was correct, which was, yes, they figured, uh, we need a title fight to make this exciting because we lost Cormier and we lost uh, Johnson on this. So then Dana White, in true Dana White fashion, do you guys know what he said? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Essentially, because he said, he's like, that guy doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. That's not the way it went down at all. He has no clue what he's talking about. That's not at all what it means. It's just, you know, we needed this thing, like a title, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, but you needed to sell it. And he's like, he has no idea what he's fucking talking about. And if Dana really starts to repeat himself, that means, ooh. <laughs> so, just uh, food for thought here. Gentlemen, we are at that part of the show where we like to say what we think will be the fight of the night and the performances of the night. Now they used to do submission of the night and knockout of the night, but this is fight of the night and two performances of the night. Usually sometimes things change. So I'm going to go to Kevin on this. Kev, what do you think is going to be the fight of the night and the two performances of the night? Go uh, fight of the night's going to be easy. Cerrone, Matt Brown, two hard headed people that like getting knocked out. Uh, first performance of the night is going to go to Anthony Pettis. Second performance of the night, we're going down card. Uh, I have a bizarre feeling they're going to want to give it to a Canadian, so I'm going to go with MacDessie. Okay. And what do you got for us? Fight of the night is obviously Cerrone versus Brown. That should be the headline. But... The, uh, a performance, a first performance of the night, Max Holloway, of course, as he decimates Anthony Pettis and, and turns the channel on Showtime back to HBO, where it should be. And oh, the wow. other performance of the night, guess who? It's the Quebec kid when he submits Drew Dober. Oh, no. Oh. Don't at me. <laughs> oh. Stay out of my, oh, my Twitter message. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of I can't wait to put John on this because I'll let you know this. I mean, John, Drew's a purple belt, but you know when you roll with somebody who does MMA 
and uh, what they don't know in certain ways that keeps them from purple to brown, they just make up for with lots of mounds of MMA pressure. Indeed. Yeah, that's about what you're about to experience once I mention this to Drew. But hey, you know, you're a crafty brown belt, I'm sure. I'm positive of that. Absolutely. As long as he puts on the gi and he doesn't mind grip fighting and guard pulling. <laughs> you know, I've heard he does train in the gi, so uh, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, maybe you stand a chance. Maybe you can use your, like, what, entire foot uh, reach and height advantage over him, but uh, who's to say those sorts of things, John? All right. We've done this. We were saying it earlier. Let's get to it because you said very confidently you had an idea of where you wanted to take a wager. So I'm going to go ahead and let you have the floor here, John. What is it that you have in mind that is up for grabs on this over-under, Kevin? Well, I just I just know what I want Kevin to do when he loses. No, is that what you're asking? All right. Yeah. Well, I I liked that essay idea. I'm interested in in a, a thousand words on why Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever. Oh live. no, that's the worst. This is easy. Oh no. Yeah, I was gonna do fifteen hundred, but we'll, we can keep it at a thousand. He doesn't know that many words, you asshole. You a thousand is preferred. Down. I think at fifteen hundred, you'd experience what my English teacher called the Kevin comma problem. Uh, but this is uh, Raph, no problem because all okay. I want is an a thousand word essay apology for Matt Castle because I'm a Chiefs fan and I dealt with that fucking Belichick disaster. For the next four years. So I'll exchange a thousand words on why Tom Brady's the best ever. Hold on. Sounds good. We managed to go 11 and 5 with him, but um, yeah. Kev, 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 Kev. I know it it hurts. Maybe you're thinking a little bit more with your heart than with your brain. But if you were listening to this show, you would realize that there's something that might hurt him even more than that. Yeah, a thousand words on why actually, and just if I'm countering with, I think, a final offer on why Peyton Manning's the best quarterback <laughs> to ever don the uniform. Hmm. You know what? Let's settle on that one. That's what I. What do you think about that, John? I prefer Matt Castle. Nope. The apology. <laughs> Sorry, the moderator has stepped in to make it a fair and even fight between the two of you because that's what good moderators do. If but I if Kevin to... knew anything. He would have told me uh, a thousand words on why the Patriots did cheat, which they did not ever. They railroaded Brady, so I will take that bet. I'll write about Peyton Manning and all that garbage if yeah. I lose, which I won't. My problem is I'm also not wildly on the Tom Brady was uh, in a cheating conspiracy uh, camp either. But I would remind you that to say the Patriots didn't cheat is uh, is a problem statement just as a overall i think facts also you know we've discussed feelings are facts and you know what <laughs> you have to quick caveat is oh that? they did that one to oh i do yeah in the last 10 years or kevin i think the more uh egregious problem that we have here at least in john's uh suggestion here is which time <laughs> well hold on hold on which time are you talking about because that last one and not as much cheating 
but yeah. like the one before that, I definitely look forward to hearing him explain uh, why Peyton's last two years really solidified his legacy. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Talk about that Super Bowl performance that really brought it out of him. Yeah. Oh, that was one for the ages. Oh my that God. was some quarterbacking. Is it, Kev, at least the ending paragraph has to be uh, riding off into that sunset? You know, the total cowboy metaphor that they were pushing at that Super Bowl? I yeah, think that sounds they were big fascinating. Commercial. Yeah. Hey, I'm the one that has to Giselle's boyfriend pump up here. I'm, I've got the real job. Leave Tom alone, everybody. Leave it. Leave him alone, everybody. He's doing all he can. Anyway, that's what she would sound like if she was Dr. Evil, everybody. As uh, my phone updates my own fantasy football league scores. All right, um, John, okay. I know we were talking a lot of shit with you because you're easy to make fun of. Let's do this. Where can people go again if they're just wanting to compete and not listen to you yap about who's going to win UFC 206 for Tap Cancer Out? They just go to tapcancerout.org. Follow us on Facebook, the Instagram, all that jazz. It's pretty easy to find us. Use the Google. Ask Alexa. Say, uh, <laughs> where, what is Tap Cancer Out? You can do that. Um, but go there. You'll find everything you need. Um, you can at us, at Tap Cancer Out, on Twitter, too. Um, whatever you like. You really enthused. This is the best pitch at the end. I guess add us you jerks if you want. And I don't know. I don't add, Don't at don't at me about any of my picks. Uh especially <laughs> Drew. Please don't at me, Drew Dober. Uh no hard feelings. Um I'm sure uh, Kevin and Raph's love makes up for it all as they gush over you. Uh all the best. Go USA. Go Canada. Mm-hmm. he's an american treasure first of all and second of all i just sent him a transcript of what we said that's all i'm not making up words i'm just saying like well you know, i mean john said this and he's just some guy um john you know as is customary for us to do here um it was a great experience and uh fun time talking with you here would you like to come back next week after ufc's 204 fights talk with us a little bit about what you saw on the fights because i'm sure you're gonna watch now you said 204? No, I'm not going uh, to run 206. 206. <laughs> 206. I, I will come on 205. after 206 yes, to gloat and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and give some writing prompts as to which direction to take that Tom Brady article. <laughs> I would uh, like some notes from a homer. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Homer. From a homer is so good. Well, John, we can't thank you enough for stopping by today. Ladies and gentlemen, if you guys get involved definitely support tap cancer out despite john being the forefront of it there are many many great people who work behind the scenes and uh, great individuals who are jiu-jitsu practitioners who want to go train they want to get ready for a great competition this is that competition it's happening in san diego january 21st and uh we're always happy to have you on john i can't wait to hear back from you next week when all this shakes down thanks guys happy birthday zach makovsky Raph, what a podcast. John Thomas on here to rub it in our faces that he's doing good in the community. We're just Mm -hmm. interviewing jackasses. Mm -hmm. Did that, though? Throw him in there. Mm -hmm. What a a holiday season it's shaping up. We're already through December. You're going to every jiu-jitsu thing that's happening in L.A., which is tough (laughs) to keep up with. I've been impressed. 
of uh, yeah. compliments to you on making it to all of them. I don't know who your scheduler is, but you do should. Uh, it's me. Uh, it's spoiler alert. I have no scheduler. It, I would love whatever. for someone to do yeah. that. And you sleep. I've heard it all before. It's good stuff, Raph. You keep those jokes coming, especially during sweeps. We've had one hell of a week. I've gotten some training in, but it's uh, it's time for some shout outs. Hmm. I'll start. Major shout out to Jubera's recovery sequence, as I'm calling it. He showed us four positions when someone starts to get better position um, in the initial open closed guard exchange. A lot of fun. Keith showed all things Dars, Anaconda, and the Peruvian necktie. We were doing some practicing. Boy, do I have the leg dexterity for the Peruvian necktie. <laughs> Not yet. I'm working on it. I'm stretching. I'm doing a lot of things. I'm doing some yoga for BJJ. It's a lot of fun to stay in shape and hang out with your friends. I saw KCBJJ did a ladies-only seminar that was huge. Keep out. Keep an eye out for those things. Uh, promote it to your friends. Get people interested. I like seeing KCBJJ do it. I love seeing the different classes out here. Jabera's got a great women's program. Um, Easton sponsoring it. So just make sure you're checking it out in your area. Raph, I don't have anything else other than I would like to give a major shout out to Systems Training Center for doing 24 hours of a rollathon. That's amazing. And the crew at EBI. We have a lot of friends over there helping with that stuff, and show keeps getting better. Yeah. Uh, dude, I've got so many people to thank. It's inevitable I'm going to miss everybody, so I'm going to just barrel through as many as I can remember before. I don't know. Maybe I'll pass out. Maybe that's what's happening here. Uh, let's do this. Uh, Systems Training Center, I want to thank everybody over there as well. That was It was so fun. It's so great. I'm so glad they did it. I, I know Marcus said we were joking about it, that they said they were going to do it again. I, I hope that he does because – I think it's important that the community show up and, and be so supportive. He's lucky to have friends like, you know, Mac Danzing, Fabrizio Verdum. And he was saying in our interview that even people like Eddie Bravo would have loved to have come, but they were in Mexico and uh, there was somebody else who wanted to come and, and participate, but they were having a major super fight. So like there was a ton of people who just get behind them. And I, I think it is important to continue supporting, not just Marcus, the gym, but also uh, the, the, organization liam's life so look that up liamslife.org uh so everybody who i rolled with there thank you very much it was fun uh, i didn't even remotely get injured everybody was pretty cool um i i met so many people i tried to get in as many roles as i could uh and uh it, it, i love interacting with people that way i think there's nothing better than it so you know obviously uh, you've got your Christos, your Vince, your Dima, your uh, just uh, Terion. I finally got to roll with him and just a number of those other people for how fucking amazing they are. So uh, that's on the systems training center side uh, for the EBI viewing party. It was so much fun. I got to say, I'm normally there covering it, but it felt so good to be around other orphans who are normally at these EBIs and uh who didn't make the adventure trip out to Mexico City. And all of us, again, we went nuts for Geo, but we always love when uh, people show up like Eddie Cummings, who are so good at jiu-jitsu. So, I, I, like we said, one of the best I think we've ever seen for EBI start to finish. Everything went fast. 
There were only a few overtimes, and when they were overtimes, they were still pretty goddamn exciting. I want to thank everybody at five. I mean, Sean Fowler, Blanca, uh, everybody who was helping. I mean, Kenny, Blanca gave us her extension cord because they didn't have any like lighting set up for us, and then Kenny led us his lights. So, um, you know, if we're dimly lit or it doesn't look perfectly, you know, like it should, shut up. I don't care. It looks how it looks, and uh, that is thanks to our friends Blanca and Kenny uh, for making the ones and twos. I want to say shout outs to Sean Roberts. Or I'm not. I'm sorry, Sean Roberts. Yes, big shout out to him. I, I felt very bad to see that he couldn't compete in the third place match, but uh, you know he's still a beast. He, he, that first match, it looked like he was having some great shit go down, and obviously we'll see him come back. I want to thank everybody who talked with us, John, Edwin. Uh, Mafra, like everybody who stopped in to, to chat with us, Jennifer or Jessica, uh, just great stuff. And um, uh, Sean and uh, Tyler Bishop on uh, the ones and twos, Sean Williams for commentary. It was great running into them. Uh, Ricardo, always good seeing him. All the great people at Flow Grappling. And uh, I mean, I just want to send shout outs to Valley Martial Arts Center. Great training today. I apologize to my good friend Blake, who I told there was going to be uh, training until 4.30, and it turns out I was wrong. That's next week. But next week, if you guys are in town at VMAC, we're going to have an open mat from 1 to 4.30, so come by then. Heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I know. Somebody said, they're like, are you sure? And I go, mm, shut up. Don't make me feel worse. I'm then, always uh, sure. <laughs> I want to thank everybody who tuned in for our Facebook Live uh, event that we did with Eric this week. We're going to, again, like I said, we're going to do another one. But uh, I think, obviously, a shout-out to the guys at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Thank you so much for helping get Eric ready. So many of you came to visit. So many of you were so helpful. I know that for a fact. And so, so many of you responded and shared our video. And I can tell you that was the best way we sent him off to go do battle. And I guess my last shout-out is to Eric himself. I said this to him. I texted him and I was like, yo, dude, I'm proud of you. You did great. You have nothing to feel ashamed of. You have nothing to feel bad about. You were fucking awesome. And he texted me back and he's like, man, I really wanted to win. Uh, you know, uh, thank you for everything. You guys were great. But I, you know, I just wish I, I brought back a home uh, win for you back home. And I said, you know, dude, I don't know if you realize this, but you, you already did win. I just don't think you know it yet. And I think many of you who are listening to this, you know what I'm saying. And I think over time he is going to know what a statement he made out there and uh, how many people, not just from Jean Jacques, but from 10th Planet, all the people who, who support and love the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club and him uh, will truly show him over time. So uh, credit to him and uh, thank him for letting me be a part of it, dude. I felt really cool to have a, a friend so vested in it and uh, won't be the last time I feel that uh, I feel that for Eric. So that's going to do it for me. That'll do it for us here tonight at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. I forgot anybody. Then it's your fault. And go watch our videos and our interviews. And bye. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>